Hey there, it's Joycelyn Wells with Joycelyn, and it is Wednesday, February 10th, and welcome. So, first things first, let's get ready for our three cheers of joy. Tonight, I have a special treat for three cheers of joy. I was in Total Wine and More, and I wanted a rosé because it's Valentine's Day, and I found this black girl magic rosé so i got it it's a little more than my price point but i've never seen it in the store before so i figured what the hell let's do some let's have some black girl magic tonight let's add a little more magic to the already magic right so i grabbed it um and it's a rosé they also had a um cabernet but i wanted to do specifically the rosé for tonight so i'm gonna cut it's got a twist top so that's easy, easy breezy. And it says, Black Girl Magic is more than a phrase. It's a feeling, a look, a mood, a taste. The Black Girl Magic Collection is our personal ode to our culture and story, inspired by the magic and resilience of Black women to be enjoyed by huh. I created these wines to draw a parallel to culture, beauty, and style of Black women as a means to inspire, inform, and invite in all who appreciate and respect what black girl magic truly means ta-da so this is the rosé and rosé for valentine's day so we're gonna pour it up i'm pulling out the joycelyn pimp glass tonight i need a little oomph because i'm a little sleepy then tell y'all what i've been doing all day okay so let's get started three cheers of joy and black girl magic it is so three cheers of joy. My first cheer of joy, uh, it's a four day work week. So I'm off on Friday. So cheers to a four day work week. I'm always looking for a reason to work less. <laughs> mm, yummy, this is pretty good. I like it. Um, Fruity, it's kind of dry. I can dig it. Uh, my second cheer of joy is I was protected in car accidents this week. I saw a couple of car accidents and almost accidents, and I was really shielded from the accident. So I'm very pleased about that keeping me safe. So I guess that's a grateful shout out to the universe, my second cheer of joy. So the first cheer of joy was I forgot just that. I see. I, oh, short work. Very grateful for that. And third cheer of joy is that I've been looking forward all week to Faceless Love's arrival. So cheers to Faceless Love's arrival. Cheers. And those are my three cheers of joy. We have a short week this week because usually before the pandemic, Friday would be considered a fair day, I think, or strawberry festival. I live, I work near the strawberry, the winter strawberry capital of the United States. And we get off a day for, um, <laughs> hi there, Kim. Joy is fine. Hi, Stephanie. Uh, we usually get off a day for strawberry festival because, uh, it's just winter strawberry capital of the world. So 
they have in February starts strawberry season. And so they usually have a big strawberry festival. It's like a fair with all the different strawberry dishes and rides and concerts, but because of the pandemic, eh. and then Monday is President's Day. So we're off Monday too. So I have four days this week and four days next week. So I love my short, short days. And then there were a couple of accidents I was close to or witnessed this week. And fortunately I wasn't in them and I'm so grateful. So that's a cheer joy, just seeing the stuff happen around you and you're being excluded makes an amazing difference in how you uh, travel on the road and just kind of stay mindful of you and your vehicle because that's all you have any control over. And my third cheer of joy was my faceless loves coming to town. So looking forward to him coming. You guys know I love when he comes to town. He just brings me so much goodness, just his presence and the smell of him and the taste of him and the feel of him. It just, ugh, it just makes me mm, warm all over. So cheers to that. Jesus. Okay, those are three cheers of joy. And if you don't remember, three cheers of joy, moments of self-celebration that have nothing to do with anybody else, only you. You take instances of your day, of your week that bring you pleasure, that are good for you, and celebrate those things. It's just, I started that as just a reminder that you have to find every single thing and every simple thing that happens. You find some goodness. It's just easier to get through the week if you can know the goodness is coming your way and you can appreciate it. So that's where the three cheers of joy came from. And up next, we have um, STM Specialty sponsors the Facebook post of the week. I had some great Facebook conversations this week. I kind of got involved in a couple, then stepped out of them and in and out and in and out and a couple things on Instagram. So of course I saved some because I always have to talk about it when um we get on joy exposed you know because when joy is exposed everything just feels better so um let's start with our facebook post of the week and next when next saturday the 20th i believe i'm interviewing the owner of stm specialties she's gonna sit up and chat with me for a bit tell me about herself and her business and what she sees next for herself that's gonna be the 20th of february it's a saturday 11 a.m um okay let me get to my facebook post of the week all right so the best post that i saw today was a heart shaped out of five dollar bills and of course it was eight five dollar bills so 40 bucks right and it says i love you get at me <laughs> so i guess it's a way of uh giving the 40 dollars in a different way somebody wants some yummy for 40 dollars god forbid God forbid anybody's giving away yummy for $40. That just seems like an insult to the goddess, right? But whatever. So that was kind of funny. Um, then this was, oh, I got to go back and read the, the comments on those. That was deep. So then there was one where there was like um, Donald Duck, I think. It was Donald Duck. It was a duck. It may not have been Donald, but it's a duck in the bed with this scowl on his face. And it says, uh, when you already got comfortable and Harriet Tubman say, y'all leaving tonight. <laughs> so the duck is laying there looking like it's inconvenience. Like, damn, I just got comfortable, right? And Harriet says, it's time to roll out. Thought that was kind of cute. 
Um, let's see what else I got. Uh, here we go. This is one that I really like. My daughter, Jasmine Denise, uh, posted this earlier this week. And it says, unfortunately, people have a right to decline your love, no matter how pure your intentions are. You are not what they want. And that is okay. I, I think that's something that I speak about all the time because people, when they want to give you something, whether you want to receive it or not, they feel like you have to take it. And then they have the audacity uh, to make you feel bad, try to make you feel bad because you don't want it. You're so ungrateful. You're so unappreciative. You're so, and you're like, fuck, I don't want it. You can't make me appreciate something I don't want. Like, uh, so I love that because you can say no thank you. And it's okay because it's setting up a boundary because when people force what they have on you, their intention is to be self-serving. They want something back. People who are genuinely given, giving you something, they don't force it on you because they understand that they're giving it and it's your choice. But people who force stuff want to turn around later and say, oh, remember I did this for you or remember I, it's self-serving. They want something and nobody wants to get caught up in that bullshit. It's 2021. We're in the pandemic. Manipulation days are over. It's a wrap, right? So I really, um, I like that post from Jasmine. And then let's see. Um, here's one. It says the guy who posted is named Jerome Braggs. If you truly want to love yourself and experience the kind of delicious life that self-love manifests, you're going to have to let go of your need to be seen as a good person. Oh, you guys know I talk about that because a lot of what is a lot of what it actually takes to love yourself is going to be in direct opposition to what you think of as good. Listen, I have said and I will go to my grave saying that when somebody puts a label of a good something on you, it's because there's an expectation that you're open to taking the bullshit. She was a good wife, a good wife. That means whatever her husband did, she took that shit and kept moving. She was a good mother. That means whatever her kids did, she kept trying to fix it and whatever. Nobody, that doesn't matter anymore. Are you, a, are you good? Are you okay with who you are without you subjecting yourself to misuse by other people? That's what the hell it takes right there. And so this was a very honest, blunt comment because you start taking care of yourself and setting up boundaries and you're protecting yourself, you really don't give a fuck what somebody thinks about whether you're good or not. Like that don't matter. Cause you're like, I'm taking care of me. I'm safe. I'm not letting any crap come my way thinking I'm good or not, whatever. This is what I'm doing. And that's the thing that matters right there. It's like when you can set up those boundaries to protect yourself, just to keep yourself safe and allow you to move forward and enjoy your life and to manifest goodness. It don't matter if people think you're good or not. Well, you're happy. And that's the thing that matters is that you're happy and you're not mistreating people along the way. Hi there, Brandy. Thank you. And that's what matters is that you're not letting people mistreat you and you're not mistreating anybody. My last Facebook post of the week I think this just deserves a segment um, to talk about because 
we have a tendency to sweep it under the rug. And there was some really good comments on this post. And I just did a screenshot because I didn't want to get too into the comments unless we're going to have more time to talk about it. It says, um, the person's name is Michelle Guido. It says, you could ask women how many of us had ever had sex when we didn't really want to, either out of fear or because he wouldn't stop and it was easier to just get it over with. I don't think y'all are ready to really have that conversation. Man, listen, there are women, hell, men everywhere that can have that conversation when they've been forced to give up some sex, even when they didn't want to. Like, you know, oh, let me just do it. I'd rather just do it and get it over with. Or I said, stop. He's not going to stop. I'll just go ahead. And I mean, we find ourselves in some tough ass situations when it comes to sex. And you were so vulnerable and you're like, well, I've done it before or I said yes. So if I say no, it doesn't make sense. I'll just go on and do it. And then that's that just adds to our baggage. It adds to our yucky shit that we carry with us because the person who had sex with us, right? They go on about their way and we're still processing in here, not wanting to say that we've been raped, not wanting to say that we've been taken advantage of or coerced and coercion is rape. If you say no, 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 no. He keeps saying, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. That's rape. And, and men aren't okay with admitting that because men think that, if you said no and changed to yes, that it's not rape. They think that rape is a physical, forceful act. They don't, a lot of them don't understand that the coercion is rape too, right? A lot of them don't understand that. And that's always a tough conversation to have because no one wants to admit I was raped and no one wants to admit I raped somebody. No one wants to admit that. But the truth of the matter is, you may have been raped. You may have raped somebody. And it's okay to be able to confront that because as long as you keep it silent and keep it in here, you're not going to have that conversation. You're not going to, oh, he raped me. Well, you shouldn't have been in his house. Now it's your fault. Or you shouldn't, I saw you when you went out. You shouldn't have had that on. It's your fault. It's not your fault that you get raped. That's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's a coward's fault that raped you right so this is that's a tough conversation to have because nobody's ready to admit the fucked up situations they've been in for whatever reason it could be any damn thing anything could have happened and if you didn't consent to it or you didn't want to that is rape and if you don't talk about it or tell anybody or release it into the universe and forgive yourself or forgive the person who did it. Not You don't have to forgive them, talk to them about it, but just put that shit into the universe so you can set yourself free. It'll bog you down forever. And that's, it's hard carrying all that shit. It is hard carrying uh, the heavy-ass baggage of shit that's happened to you in your life. That's a tough load to carry. And I will tell you from my own experience, when you can forgive yourself, when you can tell yourself the truth about shit that has happened, own that shit and forgive yourself, 
You start emptying that damn baggage and setting yourself free and not being afraid to talk about it. Like not being afraid to talk about it. And it's not disparaging someone. It's you saying, fuck, I don't want to be burdened on it anymore. I want to set this thing free. I need to be lighter. I need to manifest goodness. So I'm going to release the shit. And, you know, those are those are tough ass conversations to have. And because we feel like we've got to keep them a secret. We've got to protect the person that did it. Fuck them. They protect themselves. Fuck that. <coughs> you protect yourself. That's the thing. You have to protect yourself. I swear some of the shit I've been through in my life and trying to protect other people. Well, I don't want them to think this and I don't want this and this and I don't want, man, the more layers of trying to cover up for somebody, I was fucking suffocating in it. Like you trying to keep somebody safe. Like I don't want him, them to know what kind of man he is. So um, I'm gonna just pretend like, or I just won't say anything and you getting your ass kicked behind the scenes, right? Everybody think he's so nice. If I say he's not, then they're going to think something wrong with me. Fuck them. Literally, don't even, you got to set yourself free. And I was thinking earlier, just based on some conversations I was having, is that I'm 51. So a lot of the forthrightness that I have at 51, I didn't have at 26 or 27. So I have to be very careful when I'm speaking about stuff because I speak very casual nonchalant about it but people younger women younger men are really dealing with the pressure and the anxiety and the stress of being 25 26 27 30 32 33 and i have that life experience piece and i've gone through the fucking fire literally i've gone through the fire and i know that going through the fire one time was the best thing that happened in my life because once I started healing from the fire, shit, I was better off than before the fire in many capacities in my life, in many capacities. And I was no longer covering for anybody. And when you cover for garbage ass people, don't worry. Once you stop covering for them, they're going to be mad at you, but you're not going to be the only person to say it. Other people are going to be like, that motherfucking garbage. Oh, they did that to me. They stole from me. They raped me. They lied on me. They uh, leached off me. They, If you raggedy ass, you raggedy ass. And you ain't raggedy ass to one person. You raggedy ass to many people. It's just the one person loves you trying to cover you, trying to keep you safe because they protected you from these same people who already knew your ass was raggedy. Come on now. That's not how that should go. And that's not fair. So when I tell you, like, it's set yourself free from that shit. If you, I tell my daughters, other young women, anybody, I will say, if you're in a situation and you're unhappy, you're not gaining any pleasure from the situation, you're miserable, you're not thriving, guess what? It's not your situation because God did not choose you to suffer at the hand of man because that person is better. Man, this conversation I've had several times, that's not what God does. God doesn't say, oh, this person is better than you, so I'm going to let them kick your ass. No, 
No, you're, you're supposed to be happy. You're supposed to be free and it's okay to be happy and it's very okay to be free. So we don't have to live in fear anymore. You don't have to feel held hostage by something that happened. All you have to do, listen, all, I say that all like no big deal. Say that shit out loud. This shit sucked to me. Like, uh, you know what? No, I don't want to come over there anymore. Because when I come over there, I don't feel well in the situation. When I come over there, I don't feel good. So I'm not coming. If you say some shit like that, people are going to be like, oh, she thinks she's too good. Yes, I do. Because when I come over there, something's going to happen that's going to piss me off. And I don't want to be pissed off and feeling helpless again in the same situation. If you continue to do what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. That's the rule of thumb. So when you go places and it feels like shit, stop going. Stop going. Right. So Kim says, I feel there's a certain kind of freedom that comes with age. I speak way more freely than I did when I was younger. Yes, Kim. Isn't that crazy? Because younger we feel like we're supposed to shut up and take it like just shut up and take it because you're young we don't know we feel like we're trying to be good good girls good daughters good wives good so we feel like the way to be good is to shut up and take it and you get older and you be like nah motherfucker i ain't with it <laughs> you start talking and they're like what you say to me i said fuck you no <laughs> So that's what happens when you get older. People don't want you to change. They don't want you to find that freedom in yourself. They want you to stay, uh, to still be subject to their abuse and their mistreatment of you. And you'd be like, no, I don't want to. I said I don't want to have sex. No, leave me alone. Well, if you can't respect my no, then what does that say about our relationship? If I've said no to you and you can't respect my no, and you're going to keep trying, you think that means that you love me, that I'm safe with you? No, it just shows me that you're an asshole. Thank you. Um, thank you for keep doing that so I know how to deal with you. And, and that's the truth right there. That's the truth. If people can't respect your no, when you put down a firm boundary and people don't respect your no, that's a light on them and you already know where they're coming from because nobody's going to put you in a position that makes you uncomfortable or mistreat you and they love you they're not going to do that people who love you you say no to something no i don't want to do that they say oh, okay i thought that would have been fun for us oh well, thanks for thinking of me they're going to respect that shit you say some no, I don't want to do that. But why? But I really want you to and da 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 and da. Fuck! I said no. I make decisions all the time to protect me, and I'm telling you no, and you're gonna just disregard it. Thank you for showing me who you are. Thank you for letting me see how significant my no is to you. That's a big deal. I'm like, for real, for me, it's such a big deal that I talk to my granddaughter. That's what I say to my granddaughter. If she asks me something and I say no, and she says something else and I tell her, Grammy said no, you have to respect my no. If you tell me no, I'm gonna respect your no. Like that's important to know. That's important for somebody to say that hurts me. No, 
oh, it's not gonna hurt too bad. I mean, let me just let me just put the head in. Let me put the tip in. Motherfucker, I said no. How about that? Let me be comfortable enough to say no. Leave me alone. No. And so we have to make sure that we are aware of those strong boundaries, whether you're 50 something or you're 20 something or you're 14 or 15. When you have a situation and you don't want to be in it, we need to know from people around us, from what we've seen modeled and what we've been taught that it's okay to say no. It's okay to say no. And it, it don't matter. Ain't nobody going to stop loving you because you said no. If anything, they're going to love you more because you said no. Like, And they're going to be like, well, she said no. Maybe one day she'll say yes. <laughs> but today she said no. So let's go do something else. And we have to really protect the sacred space of our bodies. Like, We have to learn how to protect that. And we have to teach the significance of protecting that space because there's so much life that happens within us not like with men and there's I'm not downplaying the significance of men but for us for women we process internal everything our children are uh come to life inside of us everything is internal for us that means if we have womb a ditch space that's energy we're passing on to our children. If we have been damaged and taken uh, for granted or mistreated or abused or whatever, all of that is in us and we're passing that on to our children. And we don't want to pass it on. We don't even want it for our damn selves. We don't want to carry that crap with us. So we have to make sure that we're teaching ourselves to say no and our children to say no. Like you don't get to mistreat me. And if your intention is then fuck you. Like you ain't finna do now what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Go find somebody else that's gonna let you mistreat them? Good for you. Hell, whatever. Whatever. This ain't love. You this ain't love. And so I think that that was definitely a good post. That was our last Facebook post of the week this week, brought to you by stmspecialties.com. But if you have been mistreated by somebody or raped and not be afraid to say raped, if you have been raped or mistreated or taken advantage of by somebody, don't have a problem to say that, to be like, oh, that's that motherfucker that raped me. He's a rapist. He gonna be looking like, uh-uh, uh, yeah. He gonna be trying to defend it, and everybody else gonna be like, I ain't never heard her say no shit like that before. That nigga, excuse me, that blankety blank probably did rape her. <laughs> you know, so that becomes the conversation, right? You know, you you have to set yourself free. I remember when um, I left my ex husband. And I didn't really talk about it to nobody. I was just leaving because I had to get in my own mind this was the thing for me to do. But I already knew how everybody thought he was such a great man and he was this. And, you know, maybe, but shit, I was getting my ass wore out, right? So I knew it had to be a go for me. And so when I decided to leave and I just left and I remember talking to my mom and my mom was like, well, you should go back. And he's such a good man and that. And I'm like, mom, hey. I, I ain't talking to him and I cannot talk to you, but I'm not having this conversation because I wasn't open to what somebody else saw. This is when I started learning that the only person that was going to keep me safe was me. 
Like nobody else gives a fuck like me the way I give a fuck like me. Like that's not how it works. Nobody's going to care more about me than I care about me. Now, if I don't care about me, that nobody is going to care about me. I teach people how to love me. The way that I love myself, the way that I take care of myself, that shows people how important I am, right? That shows people how important I am. So they're going to take care of me too. So I'm, you know, I'm not going to put my, subject myself to that, right? So after a while, when I had been gone and he had the kids and he was called my mom cussing about the kids, blah, 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 just going off. My mom called me crying. I can't believe you talked to them. And I was like, why? Why can't you believe it? Because you didn't believe me. Like, so you hear it for yourself and you still can't believe it. So he's not the problem. Now you're the problem, right? So we have to really stay aware of these areas of mistreatment. If you have people in your life that don't complain about any fucking thing and then all of a sudden tell you that something sucks, trust that something sucks. Like this is a big deal. Um, LaShondra said, I confronted my child molester five years ago. He actually sent me a friend request. I called him out and cussed him the fuck out. I felt so much better after. Good. Because they, he probably didn't even think he did anything wrong. He probably literally didn't even think like, oh, well, she don't remember. That's probably what he thought. She don't remember. Or it wasn't as bad as I thought. Or she was, he's he's justified it in his you and uh, oh yeah there you go right there let me try to get close to her again now he wants you as an adult to let him get close you're like fuck you i remember the turmoil and trauma and fear i remember all that fuck you no you don't get to get close to me and that's the manipulation piece he gonna send you a friend request good for you for cussing him out you should have hit his ass with a bat or something <laughs> I'm sorry. I get so frustrated with stuff like that because it's all manipulation because all the years. Yep. He thought you didn't remember all the years. And every time he fucked with you, you remembered, you remembered. And then you finally got away from him. And now as an adult, he sees you and you're still pleasing to him. He looks at you and sees his yucky ass pleasure. And he wants you to let him back in. Silly rabbit tricks are for kids. Good for you. Good for you. Set yourself free from that shit. It changes your life. Remember, I'm drinking Black Girl Magic. Rosé. Black Girl Magic. That's right. That's what I'm drinking tonight. It's a dry rosé. It's pretty good. I'm digging it. Um, so... Yeah, that was my last Facebook post of the week. And we have to make sure that we we take care of ourselves and that we take care of the younger women, too. Like, I, you know, that's important to me to to be fearless for the younger women and to let them know, like, first of all, these guys don't even know what they're doing. There are no there's no pleasure in what they're trying to do for you. Yeah, there's no pleasure in what they're trying to do for you, right? So we got to let them know that it's okay to say no to it and you don't just have to take it, right? You don't have to take somebody's junk. So I really appreciate that uh, post. And that's my last Facebook post of the week. So it's Valentine's Day. So Sunday is Valentine's Day. And um, 
on Saturday, I'm doing uh, a special on Benched with Jennifer Shiver, the Bench Counselor, and we're going to talk about being lonely for Valentine's Day. And I spent many years, lo- I won't say lonely, lonesome for Valentine's Day because I was single, right? So I, when you're single and dating and a woman, men don't want to spend Valentine's Day with you because they think that means that your boyfriend or something. <laughs> so they try to avoid anything that gives them a label. And so I've spent many Valentine's Days by myself. Um, and I would always get me a bottle of uh, champagne, Andre or Bellatory. I'd sit up and drink champagne and watch TV by myself. That's how it's been Valentine's Day. And I think that it came from the fact that all the years that I was married, I just think... I don't, I, let me think. I'm such a passionate, loving person, right? And I just felt like Valentine's Day was the day that you could go all out with the love that you had. And I kind of expected that and I didn't get it. You know, my ex-husband wasn't really very um, expressive. And that, I mean, it wasn't new. It wasn't like he was, and then he wasn't. Shit, that's who he was. So it's on me that I'm hoping he did some different shit. That's a me issue. But I just always expected something grand and amazing, and I didn't ever get it. So, you know, you know, I got some, um, when DVDs were out, I got some DVDs. I can't really remember anything. I got like a pajama bouquet one time with these pajamas that I really love. They were like lounging pajamas that I used to wear. I wore those for years. I wonder where they are. Um, let me think what else I got. Just nothing. It was just almost anti. It would be like, here, I got you something. And then it would be over. Like it would be, it would be like, this is it, right? What are you and so I would be like, this is it. So I kind of expected that. We were together for a long time, so I expected it to be like, a, and it, you know, and it was, that's what it was. So once I was single, I realized I didn't have to make my Valentine special. And that's why I started spending, I would buy me some champagne and I probably had to go to work and I would get off. Yeah, like no effort at all. And then I would get off work and um, come sit on the couch. My kids would be around or not. And um, I'd sit there and watch TV and drink my champagne, talk on the phone to my girlfriend, Anita. She was single, too. So we'd talk a little bit. You know, so it was just as how I spent my Valentine's. You know, so it became a thing for me. And I realized that it wasn't necessarily that I was lonely. That's why I said I was lonesome. I was just by myself. I just wanted to be in a relation, a loving relationship and um, somebody to want to celebrate me and do stuff for me. And and I just was like, okay, I got to do it for myself. <laughs> you know, I got to do it for myself, you know, but um, so now it's Valentine's Day and um, I'm in a relationship and I'm in a loving relationship, right? Uh, yep. Yeah. Watching Waiting to Exhale, absolutely. Drink wine, get some chocolate, and Waiting to Exhale. That's right. Oh, my God. And Loving Basketball was one, too. Um, But, yeah, that was pretty much it. That's the Valentine's of the single woman. But we can put ourselves in a crazy-ass depressive state by – 
we could put our ass in a crazy ass depressive state by sitting there wanting somebody to be with us, right? We could be really depressed. And we don't want to do that. Like we don't want to be in a depressive state. So we've got to figure out how to enjoy this Valentine, this day for lovers, and we're by ourselves. And that's what I started doing, celebrating. And then um a few years ago, I started dating Faceless Love, and he completely caught me off guard. Uh, yeah, exactly. He completely caught me off guard. The first year, he sent me um, a Tiffany bracelet, and I was like, I know I said I wanted Tiffany, but I shit, I just said it. I say all kinds of shit, and he sent me a Tiffany bracelet, and I was like, this is dope. And it came before Valentine's Day. And then on Valentine's Day, I got a dozen roses at work. And I was like, what the hell? Did you mean to send this to me? Like, because I had never had anybody to just do something for me like that. And then that was the Valentine's. I racked up because I was dating. I got like a ninja foodie and something else. I was having, that was a great Valentine's Day. I got a lot of gifts. And I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> and then, um, so that was one year. And then he came down to visit. Faceless Love came down to visit. He's been here every year for about, have you been here every year for Valentine's Day? You haven't? You will come after? You send me flowers? Yeah. So I would get flowers at work. And I would get flowers at work for Valentine's Day that everybody knew when the flower, when the roses come there for Joycelyn. They would be like, oh, those are Miss Moore. She's the only one to get roses. And then. I would, they'd be like, you got something up here. You got something knock up. And I'm like, what? And they're like, look. And I'm like, oh my God, he's so crazy. LaShondra <laughs> <Lashandra> said, hey, <laughs> he said, peace. I was like, he's so crazy. He didn't have to send that. So that would be my thing. My re me, my reaction was, you didn't have to send that. You're going to be here in a couple of days. Like, and But he felt like he wanted to do that. And he did it. And I was just like, I don't know that I've ever been in a relationship with somebody who wants to do something for me. <laughs> and I'm 51. <laughs> so it's really get very funny. I'm laughing because we deal with so much crap and we want so much goodness. We deal with so crap for so long and we know that we want goodness. We know that goodness is coming for us. Until we set boundaries and get that yucky yuck out of our lives, we don't make room for any of the goodness. And and I'm very grateful for that. And so that's one of the things that I always say about me and Faceless Love is that we exist in kind of this perpetual lovemaking space. Like we're always making love. Like there's always goodness in our words and whether we're near or whether we far away it doesn't matter there's always loving in our words so by the time we get to each other it's like fireworks right so it's just so weird because i've it's just so weird because it's good and i wouldn't have been able to access this goodness if i would not have set myself free from the bullshit like just being okay with whatever if you were, if I was okay with whatever, if I continued to be okay with whatever, I'd still be getting to stay. I'd still be getting whatever. Any, I don't have to. I'm not getting whatever. 
ever anymore. I'm getting goodness. I open myself up to it. I manifest goodness. I'm manifesting goodness for myself. So this is really interesting because I know that when I think about myself single, there's so many things that happened in my life and then that just forced me to grow the fuck up, to grow up, accept responsibility for my choices. I had to start choosing good shit. If I wasn't choosing good shit, guess what was going to happen? Regular shit. But I needed goodness. If I chose myself into yucky, I can choose myself into goodness. And that's exactly what I decided to do. So this is our uh, fifth Valentine's Day, I think. Yep, this is our fifth Valentine's Day that we have um, shared. And it's fun. So I don't, I don't know that there's actually a Valentine's gift, but we have such a good time. That we have such a good time. It's like, oh my God, I can't wait for us to have a good time. Like we're just going to have a good time together. And I can appreciate that because I know that the goodness is always there. That's our thing. The goodness is always there. And but man, when you're in those yucky ass relationships and men too, men get caught up just buying random gifts for people and men get caught up buying random gifts for people and they don't even like them. They just feel like I'm going to buy her something so she can shut the fuck up or I'm going to buy her something so I can get some. Men get caught up in that yucky stuff too and it means nothing to him, but to them. But the men have an easier time processing it because all of their stuff is external process, external and in little compartments. All of our stuff is in here, inside of us, and men put their stuff in little compartments and don't deal with that crap anymore. And we... You know, so they process different and we have to respect that. I mean, I sometimes I wish I had the ability to process information like a man does. It would save me a lot of fucking stress. But then I do love being a woman and the chaos that goes along with being a woman, too. So we just have to make sure that we're choosing goodness. There's no reason to settle for crap. There's no reason to be caught up in web of lies with somebody and none, you know, and I'm. I'm over that. I, I'm not going to do that anymore. Like literally, I'm, I've gotten so direct in the way that I do things. And that's the old, that's the 51 year old. That's not the 26, the 27, the scared one. It's not that one. It's 51. But I would like for people to know younger, it's okay to say no. It's okay to say, this is fucking miserable. I'm not going to do this this is it. I'm done. It's okay. And you're going to be fine. You're going to be better off. You're going to be less stressed. Your children will be better. Like, oh my God, I can't even say it enough other than to set yourself free. Harriet Tubman is here. It's time to go, right? It's time to set yourself free. It's time for you to act in a way that's going to give you goodness, that's going to allow you to laugh, going to allow you to dance, going to allow you to sleep well and not stress. Even if it's your job, if you hate your fucking job and you say, I hate my job, start looking for another job. I know a great person does resumes. I can hook you up with them. 
start looking for another job, whatever. But there's so much goodness out there. And I just, I remember looking at people thinking they're so happy. I want to be happy like that. Not understanding my happy was in my control. I just wasn't controlling it because I was deferring to somebody else or waiting for somebody else to make me happy or give me something that was going to be great for me or, oh, hell no. Nah, that that ship has sailed. <laughs> You're running through a field of lilies, butt naked and free. Cheers. Absolutely. Cheers. Run. Do it. Do it. Right. And that's the most important thing is being yourself and getting to a place that you can start being of your purpose. It's huge, 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 huge. All right. So that's me talking about my little Valentine stuff, just trying to, you know, help people out to just say, you know what, go do some, you can do whatever you want to do. Shit. Uh, let's see what else I got. Uh, for color. Oh, there was a great article. Oh my gosh. Let me, I'm going to read some of this. Cause this kind of goes in line. Uh, damn. It says it's called for colored girls in their thirties and forties who feel like life may have passed them by. And it's essentially talking about, you have all of these plans for what you're going to be doing by a certain time. And you realize, shit, I'm not there, right? You've been held hostage by situations, love, kids, work, all of that. And so this article, oh, excuse me. This article is just talking about how you have to understand that life hasn't passed you by. You're getting to the point now that you can start living it. So she's talking, a girlfriend called another girlfriend crying, talking out uh, she, how she felt like she had underachieved and she didn't do all the things that she was supposed to do. And, you know, she said all she did was listen. But what she wanted to say was, you're not alone because she felt the same way. But because she presented as if she had it going on, you know, it's hard to present like everything's happening just so. And then you realize it's really not. So she just, you know, it's just talking about that. And it's what women, we go through that all the time because we do put our life on hold, taking care of our children, our families, jobs that we feel like they need us. Like they need me here at this job. They don't need you there. Nah, it's a wicked ass sense of obligation for you to get stuck there and be underpaid for some shit. That's on us. We put that on ourselves. That ain't on the company. That's on us. We put that, we put those shackles on ourselves for other people and other things. And then one day you wake up and you realize I'm dying here. I'm dying here. I'm not doing the things that I want to do. Just this article is really just a reiteration of what we just talked about tonight. Just saying no, you know, and choosing your choosing yourself. Like there's nothing more important. I'm going to say this to everybody listening and everybody who will hear this. There's nothing more important for you to do than you. There's nothing. I don't care. Your kids, your mama, your dad, your man, you got to do you. If you don't put your air mask on first, if you don't take care of you and 
get so much love drumming up in you, nobody around you will even look twice at you. I just said that the way that you love yourself is how people know it's important for you, for them to love you. If you don't love yourself, people will dismiss you. They'll take from you and dismiss you because you're giving because you're thinking that's going to be the way to get people to love you. And it's not. And then they're going to dismiss it because you give it freely. There aren't any conditions on it. You don't say that there are conditions, but then you feel bad because you're behind the scenes saying, I do so much for everybody and nobody does anything for me. I do so much for everybody. And if I call them, they don't call me back. Or if I need them, then they won't. That's on you. That's on us when we put that energy out there. The way that you do, you give what you give and you set that shit free and you receive from all over the place. Like that is the truth. That is how it fucking works. Even if you look at a tree, if you look at an apple tree, the apple tree does not eat its own fruit. It always grows, always replenishes fruit, but it does not eat its own fruit. The apple tree takes from the surroundings, the soil, the air, the earth replenishes the apple tree, the soil, the rain. The apple tree does not eat its own fruit. And that's what we have to understand. We give our fruit away. We give shit away all the time. We don't eat our own fruit. We take in from all around us the soil, the water, the air, we're being replenished from different sources. So we have to make sure we're open to that replenishment. The first thing we do is close ourselves off to a man. This is my man. You know, I ain't going to be talking to nobody else and I don't need to be. Yes, you do. You still need to talk to people. You still need to be in situations because there's still going to be something to feed your soil so you're going to get goodness from all over the place and your man who loves you and capable of you he understands that he's not holding you hostage saying i have everything that you need that's not how that works right so we have to just really open up our minds to understand how much goodness is out there to feed us and i'm have i had to learn that because I wouldn't receive. I got it. That's my main thing to say. I got it. I'm going to take care of it. I got it. Don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. Every time I say I got it and stop something from happening around me, everything, every time I said no, I was cutting off an opportunity, a blessing, something for me. Every time I said no, I got it. And not only do you cut off the blessing for you receiving it, you're cutting off the opportunity for the person or situation to bless it. Hey, let me get that for you. No, I got it. Well, maybe they were supposed to get it for you. Maybe that was in their path of movement this day and you cut that off. Okay, thank you. Hey, let me take that to the trash for you. Oh, thanks. You ain't got to do nothing in return. You just receive it. Thank you. Hey, I'm going to go get a bottle of water. I'm going to go get a soft drink. Would you like something? Oh, can you get me a Diet Coke? Thanks. That's it. Thanks, because somebody's offering you and their intention of offering is genuine. You can receive that. You can receive that. And that is significant. I had to learn that myself because I felt like I'm going to take care of everything I need and all the needs of the people around me. Now, if I wanted to do something for somebody, my expectation was that they took it. 
But I didn't think people were good enough to do something for me. So I shut that shit down. I got it. Then I had to realize, bitch, you're tripping. Why these people? Let these people do, let them do them. You know if somebody trying to take advantage of you. You know if somebody asking some weird shit of you. You can discern that. But somebody who wants to genuinely say something kind or do something kind, thank you. I appreciate you for that. I receive that. Thank you. That's it. Like literally, that's it. And the more you open up yourself to the goodness of, the greater you'll feel and the you'll manifest so much more goodness because you're now appreciating the goodness that's coming your way. This is real. Like it's real. Like I, I literally had to learn to do that because first of all, I didn't think anybody was supposed to do something for me, but my husband and he wasn't doing anything. So wasn't nobody doing shit for me. And you're like, fuck what? Right. And then you realize, okay, just because somebody does something for you, it doesn't mean that you start making sure you knock out those negative relationships. And people who are in unhealthy relationships are quick to put something negative on a gesture. Oh, motherfucker, open a door for you. He's trying to get you. How about he opened a door for him and saw me coming and he stopped so I could go first and then he came to the door too? Like maybe it was for me maybe he was opening the door and he saw me so don't single out everything that happens to somebody trying to get with me love you don't single out just because somebody says they do something that they're trying to get with me that's simple and silly right huh so i just those things i had to kind of flush through to figure out how do I get goodness for myself without sacrificing who I am? And that's literally what we have to do. If we want to manifest goodness, we have to recognize what's good, what feels good for us, um, what allows us to grow, and how do we receive and continue to give? That's it. We have to figure that piece out because if we don't figure out how to receive we definitely going to run out of stuff to give because it has to come from somewhere. We need to be replenished and things outside of us need to receive from us. And who we receive, who receives from us may not be the ones that replenish us. They probably won't. They don't replenish. That's not the flow. That's not how it flows. You know, it flows from you out, from you out, from you out. So it's got to come in and go out, come in and go out. It's not flowing in a cycle. That's why it's important to know your friends who constantly need from you, who you've got to help and you've got to this because you're in a better position. They're not your friends. Sorry, you're helping them and they're not your friends because they're not going to get to a place that they're helping you the same. They won't be able to help you. And that's the gist of it. You can help them because of what you have, but they can't help you. So you always find yourself in the position and you get frustrated. Man, they always need this. They always need that. They're, you're getting frustrated because you're like, I can't even call them and ask them this. Well, it's because it's not a friend. It's not a friend, right? Relationships, according to the Bible, husband and wife, I, you know, I don't really quote the Bible because I don't read it much. They say that you and your spouse should be equally yoked. 
I believe that in friendships too. You should be equally yoked in friendships. You should be able to have the conversations that require assistance and guidance, not the conversation that requires from you. Like there has to be a modicum of conversation that flows both ways and not just one way. Like I don't need a girlfriend in my life that I have to talk to that I talk to my daughters. I don't need a man in my life that I have to talk to the way that I talk to my son. I don't, that's, that's important to me because I'm not raising a grown ass woman. Now, the younger women, my students that I've taught and that I have conversations with, I'll give them all of their, we can talk and everything, but I don't consider them my friends. We have a relationship, but they're not my friends because they're probably not in a position to feed me yet. They're probably not there to feed me yet, right? And maybe they'll get there. Maybe they won't. Maybe they'll need, you know, you don't know how, at what point they can feed you. All you know is if you're the only one that's giving and you're not getting back, that's not a good relationship for you to be in, male or female. It's not a good relationship to be in. So I'm Joycelyn Wells, and this is Joy Exposed, and this is Wednesday, February 10th, Wednesday before Valentine's Day is Sunday. I hope you guys have some great loving plans, even if it's loving yourself. I always try to love on myself. That's self-care is my 2021. 2020 resolution was to stop second guessing myself. 2021 is self-care. Got to, got to, got to, got to, got to pay attention to all of it, like all of me, right? And um, that's where I'm spending my time for 2021. So uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel and download wherever you can find your favorite podcast. Uh, Listen up on Saturdays for my Shape Spotlight, self-help and personal empowerment, small business owners and authors, and get a spotlight and talk about their dreams and desires and plans, next plans. And remember, When joy is exposed, everything just feels better. You guys have a great evening and cheers. Bye-bye. I'll see you guys next week.